All right, it's episode 21 of The Real Demons of Pop Culture. I am your host, James Ippolitti. I'm so happy you're here. We're going to talk about the traitor of ancient Egypt, the lord of chaos and destruction. This is the story of Set. Coming to get you, Barbara. I'll swallow your soul! So this is an exciting week. If you haven't watched my TikToks or my Instagrams, I did a little fun video where I put myself in the scene in Jaws where Quint's trying to get hired to kill the shark. And I did that because of the Ted Cruz upsetment he had about the Grammys with Sam Smith and Kim Petras. To me, the whole thing is so silly that they got so upset over this. Marjorie Taylor Greene getting upset over this performance. Literally, it's just a performance. And I thought when the 80s ended and the 90s ended that the satanic panic was gone for good. But it's not. I thought we were beyond that. But it's good for business for me. So what I did is a little video. I think it's my best work. I honestly love it. So go check out that little video. It looks like breaking news. You'll see me as Dr. J, the demon hunter, trying to get hired. So if you haven't yet checked out the newsletter, please check out the newsletter in the show notes. Everything I'm going to talk about, you can find out in the show notes. So if you want to join the free Facebook group, The School of Dark Arts, or if you want to follow me on Instagram or TikTok, or if you just want to shout out to me, find me and uh, say hello. This week is going to be a lot of fun because we're talking about set. We'll also have a little audio adventure of Dr. J and the Phallus of Osiris. That will be coming up. But first, let's do the magic number. So the way this works, I count down three, two, one. I pause and think of a number and you write that number down. At the end of the episode, I'll reveal that number. If you get it right, you will have an extra special magical day. If you get it wrong, you'll have a regular happy day, but not magical. It's just the way it works. It's not me. All right, here we go. Three, two, one. Oh, I'm going to stop. I hope you didn't get freaked out right there. I'm going to think of a number between one and 50. I don't know if I said that. Okay. Three, two, one. All right, write that number down. We'll reveal it at the end of the episode. I was working in my office of demonology, putting the final touches on an article I was writing for Werewolf Weekly, when suddenly there came a tapping, as of someone gently rapping, rapping at my office door. Come in. It was my new assistant, Stacy. Some people are here to see you. What kind of people? The government? Hmm. They're from the GOP. What am I, in some kind of trouble? As I entered the lecture hall, I was greeted by two men. One I recognized, a United States senator. The other appeared to be his muscle. Dr. J, I've heard a great deal about you. Have you? Doctor of demonology, expert on the occult, and how does one say it? Connoisseur of the macabre. That's one way of saying it. I gesture for him to take a seat. Dr. J, you must understand, this is all strictly confidential. I understand. 
Yesterday, we intercepted a Facebook DM from a snowflake liberal. We don't quite know what to make of it. And right now, apparently, there is some kind of leftist archaeological dig going on in the desert outside of Cairo. The liberals are looking for something. He takes a sheet from his briefcase. We have some information here, but we can't make anything out of it. And we hope you can. Aiton Development Proceeding. Acquire Phallus. MTG US. They've discovered Aiton. Just what does that mean to you? Aiton. The city of Aiton is one of the possible resting places of the Phallus of Osiris. What would the liberals want with this? This Phallus? What is a Phallus anyway? It's a penis, a dick, a cock. You ever go to a museum? According to ancient Egyptian mythology, Osiris was killed by his brother Set and dismembered into 14 pieces placed all around Egypt. Isis went and found every piece of Osiris except for the phallus. Now some believe the phallus was taken to the city of Aten and buried. Which is probably what the liberals are after. That's exactly what they're after. What's this phallus look like? Look like? Well, it's right here. I pull a big format book from the stacks in the room and flip through the pages until I find a large color print. The senator moves in for a closer look. It shows a pyramid image. Osiris is standing with a very large phallus. Good God. Yes, that's exactly what the Egyptians thought. What's that supposed to be coming out of there? Who knows? Rainbows, unicorns, the power of love. I'm beginning to understand the Liberals' interest in this thing. Oh, yes. The pyramid text tells of it bringing on an age of Aquarius, turning entire regions gay. Any group that carries the phallus before them are unstoppable. First, let's talk about how did the pharaohs of Egypt trace back to the gods? Uh, because the pharaohs were always thought about as like gods on earth, but they all traced their lineage back to the god Horus. And Horus is sort of the end of the set story. And we're going to get into the story, and you'll find out how we got to Horus, who then leads every pharaoh from that point on. So the story begins with, well, actually a family, kind of like the the Brady Bunch, but not as many kids, and they're all gods. We have Osiris, Isis, Set, or Seth. Sometimes it's Seth with an H. I like Set. I don't know why. I'm just going to use Set because I think it. I think it's weird to talk about a demon who, who has the name Seth. It's like, let's talk about Bill the demon. Osiris, Isis, Seth, Set. Now I'm saying Seth. Set and Nephthys. They're all brothers and sisters. Here's a story of a god named Set. So the way it begins is Osiris is reigning on earth and he marries his sister Isis. And the battle that we're going to get into is Osiris versus Set. And it's basically the battle between chaos and order because the reign of Osiris is all about making humanity civilized. Remember, up until uh, civilization was going on, we had a bunch of hunter-gatherers going from place to place and place, and they didn't really set down any roots. 
And that was considered, I guess, the chaos part. You know, it's definitely not civilized. And so Osiris and Isis want to teach people about government and religion and marriage. Isis has super cool healing powers. She wants to share her knowledge of weaving and crop growing, corn grinding, flax spinning, all those cool things that people did when they didn't have TV. So that's the reign of Osiris. He's going to do all these cool things to make Egypt civilized. My assistant Stacy was lowering me down into the excavated tomb of Osiris. Steady! The rope becomes slack and I fall to the floor. I look and I'm at the foot of a large statue of Osiris. I look up, but the phallus is missing. We're too late. Yes, you are, Dr. J. I look up and I see my nemesis, Jack Juan Johnson, and he has a gun to Stacy's back. Enjoy your timeless set. <laughs> the tomb is sealed. It gets dark. And then the eyes of Set appear. I begin a perilous fight for my life. <laughs> Set is the god of chaos, of destruction, of disorder, of earthquakes, of all that stuff. Really, he is, you know, what's interesting is usually there's not like evil gods in ancient Egypt. There's Set, who isn't as evil as Apep, which we'll probably have on a different episode. And in the beginning, Set was this desert god. A lot of people were okay with Set in the beginning. Uh, he's also known as Set-Ek, I don't know how to say it, S-E-T-E-K-H or S-U-T-E-K-H, but he wasn't all bad in the beginning. Set eventually is associated with strange and frightening events, such as eclipses and thunderstorms and earthquakes, and I wanted to bring this up because there was that recent earthquake in Turkey and Syria, which was, it's just devastating. It's, it's awful to watch those. I, I find it very hard to watch it. And I know what causes an earthquake. We all know that now. We know about tectonic plates. We know about the shifting of the crust and why earthquakes happen. And yet it still doesn't make it easy. It doesn't. It's just horrible. It's a horrible thing. Take that knowledge and go back to ancient times when this stuff would happen. It would still have the same devastation, the same hurt, the same horror yet they had no clue what was causing it. And so something this awful must have been caused by something either under the ground that was upset or maybe, you know, a god was upset with them. So you can see why so many of these demons that we talk about are associated with things like earthquakes or thunderstorms or eclipses are scary because they don't know why it's happening. Now we all get our phones and take pictures of eclipses and thunderstorms and put it on TikTok. According to pyramid texts, Set ripped himself violently from his mother's womb instead of being born normal like his brothers and sister, or his brother and sister. Set, the ancient Egyptian god of desert storms, chaos, and violence, is not happy at this point that his brother is king. Not happy with that. Set's upset that his brother is king, so what does he do? He kills him. And how does he kill him? Well, this is really strange. First of all, let's not forget that Seth is pissed off because his wife, who is also his sister, his wife, Nephthys, 
had a kid with his brother, Osiris. They named him Anubis, which you probably know who Anubis is, that doggy god. And so Osiris conceived a child with his, well, he he's with both sisters, Osiris. And Seth's kind of pissed off. All right, you're, you're like the god of order. You're reigning over Egypt, and you also got to sleep with my sister, uh, who's also my wife, and have a kid with him and name him Anubis. So he was pissed. So what he does is Seth has Set has this banquet and he invites the guests to come to the to this banquet and at the banquet he has a coffin laying in the room. And he's like, "Hey, you know what be really fun? Why don't we all try to fit in the coffin?" Now Set prior to this had built the coffin to fit Osiris perfectly. He knew that Osiris would comfortably fit in this coffin and no one else would. So all the guests, I guess this is what you do in ancient Egypt. They must have been really bored at this party. Because if I go to a party and everybody's sitting around saying, let's try to fit in that coffin. This is also a word to the wise. If you are ever at a party and somebody's asking you, hey, there's a coffin here. Why don't you see if you can fit in it? Ha, ha, ha. No, don't do it. But in ancient Egypt, they did. They all got in. They all tried it, just like Goldilocks. It either was too small, too big, until Osiris climbed in, and it was just right. At that moment, Seth and his conspirators quickly jump up and nail the coffin shut. And now, at this point, I'm wondering, there's a couple of things I'm wondering about this story. One, was the coffin in a room where you would just walk in by yourself and try it out? And then the conspirators jump out? Or was it in the middle of the room and everybody's watching this happen and they don't do anything about it? Kind of weird either way. But they do. They, they nail this shut and then uh, Set takes the coffin and throws it into the Nile River. And then it floats down the river. After defeating Set, I found my way out of the tomb. I then found a guard and diplomatically began asking him where my nemesis Jack Juan Johnson had gone to. Where is he? Where is he? He's I'm right behind you, Dr. J. I turned around. My nemesis, Jack Juan Johnson, was right behind me. Behind him, several hundred soldiers, all wearing pink knitted hats, lined up around an altar, which the ballast of Osiris was aimed at a satellite in the sky above. You're just in time for the fabulous fireworks. A priest was at the altar standing at the base of the phallus. He was completely dressed in sequins. The phallus began to light up. It got brighter and brighter and colors started to fill the sky. Clench your butt cheeks, Stacy! Clench your butt cheeks! I clenched my butt cheeks tight. Stacy couldn't help. No! Stacy! The phallus fell. All the soldiers began to hug each other and kiss. It was just enough time for me to get away and take the phallus of Osiris with me. I returned from Stacy's funeral. It was a sad affair. I didn't know her well. She didn't work here long enough. But as I entered the office and took a look at the phallus of Osiris safely locked away in the office of demonology, I knew that Stacy 
had not died in vain. Now the death of Osiris throws the cosmos into chaos and all the gods weep. Now, a lot of times I think about when I hear a story about this and the cosmos goes into chaos, I often wonder what was going on at the time that the writers are saying, you know what, everything's nuts. Somebody, you know, they and they come up with this idea. But you also got to remember that for whatever reason, the beginning of all time is always described as chaos. So chaos is going on. Osiris is dead. Isis is all kinds of messed up. She's really not happy that this happened. And so Isis is walking around asking everybody, hey, have you seen my husband? She's searching for him. I don't think she knows. One, maybe she wasn't invited to the banquet where they nailed him in the coffin. Two, I don't think anybody talked about it afterwards. And she just doesn't know what happened to Osiris. So she's walking around trying to find him and everyone asking everyone if they've seen him. Eventually, through divine revelation, she finds the coffin. It drifted down to the sea, washed the shore, and I think like in Babylon, it ended up in Babylon. And there was a tree, a certain kind of tree, a tamarisk tree, grew up around the coffin. So the coffin's now completely inside this trunk of this tree. So she finds the tree, she gets the coffin out, and then she ships it back to Egypt. I don't know if she used FedEx or UPS. She's like miserable, she's crying, and she transforms herself into a kite. She flies over the body and miraculously conceives a child. All kinds of weird crap's going on, and she ends up with a kid. Now, that kid is going to be Horus. So when she returns to Egypt, Set finds Osiris's body, and this time he's like, all right, I tried to kill him by throwing him in a Nile. It looks like I got to dismember him. So he does. He ends up dismembering Osiris into 14 pieces and then spreads it all throughout the land. You would think... That would be the end of the story, but it's not. Isis goes around and looks all over and starts finding all the pieces of Osiris, finds all of the pieces to put him back together again. It's like Humpty Dumpty of ancient Egypt. So she gets all the pieces except for the phallus. Now you'll be like, oh man, she's got to go back with her brother who is just going to walk around with no penis. That's not actually what happened because she was able to reconstitute it. She was able to bring it back onto him, which is weird because if she could do that, why couldn't she just done that with like most of the body parts? But she got all the parts together and she uh, reconstituted the, the phallus somehow. Then she anoints his body. She puts all these oils on him. She does the rites for embalming. And in doing so, she restored Osiris to eternal life. And he goes on to live in the land of the deceased presiding over the dead. A lot of people know this about Osiris. He's like the god of the dead. And so that's how he got there. By the way, this is the second ancient Egyptian real demons of pop culture. The first episode ever was Ahmet for Moon Knight on Disney+, Plus, which is a great show. So if you haven't listened to that, go back and listen to the very first episode. So now that Osiris is eternally living in the land of the dead, Isis needs to make sure that Set does not find out about the pregnancy because he will not be happy. So she flees to the marshes where she's going to raise her child. And as she's raising her child, she's curing him of scorpion bites and snake bites and crocodile bites. 
And so I'm thinking somebody should have taken this kid away from her because he's getting bit too much by the animals. But no one takes him away. And so then she leaves to search for food. And when she comes back, he's like half dead. Because Set had entered the Mars, transformed himself into a poisonous snake, and bit the kid again. Oh, my God. So now Isis has to heal her kid, Horus. She calls for help from the high god. She's like, please, please, please heal my son. He's bitten by a snake. It was a poisonous snake that was actually my brother Set. So the gods hear her, and Toth comes down, or Thoth, but I think it's pronounced Toth, T-H-O-T-H. He comes down to talk to her. Toth exercised the poison from Horus's body and cured the kid. Yay! And there was much rejoicing. So as I said in the beginning of the episode, Horus becomes the archetype of the pharaohs. He is the representation of the sun on earth. And so the pharaohs from that point on are also considered that. And it was the duty of the people. So the average guy, it was their duty to protect the pharaoh from harm. You had to love him, pay him respect. And if they didn't, the world would just go into chaos, collapse, and everyone dies. So in a really cool Game of Thrones sort of way, she raises her son Horace up and she's going to bring him over to set and challenge him for the throne. And she wants Horace to get his rightful inheritance of that throne in Egypt. So eventually Horace does go and challenge set and they have this big battle over who's going to be sitting on the throne in Egypt. And during that battle, Horace castrated set. Ouch. And Set tore out Horus's weak eye, the moon. And so they're, they're fighting, and eventually Toth steps in and is like, all right, all right, stop. We're going to settle this dispute. So it's decided that Horus should rule over Lower Egypt. Seth will rule over Upper Egypt. But then it didn't really work out, so they made Horus the king of both lands. And the consolation prize for Set was that he would take over this role of defender of Ray. Horace was thought of triumphing over evil, but Set didn't like get killed. He's just got a new job. He's kind of guarding Ray as he travels through basically the sky. R.E. is Ray, by the way. So what does Set look like? He actually has a weird animal head. So he looks human, but he's got an animal head, but nobody's been ever able to figure out what kind of animal it is it kind of looks like a dog but it also looks like an antelope and it kind of has like rabbit ears Uh, so he has a really strange combination and a lot of scholars believe that that's what it is it's basically an amalgamation of all these different animals some i guess possible theories is that there was an animal that looked like that but it's now extinct and Since we don't really know, there was a term that's called the set animal or the Seth animal. That's kind of what you would call the head. So he's a human with a set animal head. The parents of Set and Osiris and Isis and Nephthys, those parents are Geb, the earth god, and Nut, the goddess of the sky. Now, Set has been featured in many pop culture things, especially video games like Smite. There's... Tutenstein. There's a villain in Doctor Who. The story is Pyramids of Mars. And as I said earlier, sometimes the name is Sutek. And that's also another name for Set. There's an anime called Helsing. And they summon a demon called Set. 
a book by Rick Riordan. Riordan. Rick Riordan. Not Rick Riordan. Anyway, Rick's book, The Kane Chronicles, there is set in there. And then there is uh, Samurai Jack. There's an episode called Jack and the Scarab. And it's not really set, but it's all his minions, his dog minions. They kind of, uh, they're like dog-like warriors. I wonder if they have the set head. I haven't seen this episode, but that makes it. They're like dog-like. They might have just calling that dog-like, but they're probably set animal-like minions. If you know of any movies or TV shows or games that feature Seth or Seth, tell me in the comments on my Instagram or TikTok. Let me know. I'll bring that up in two weeks when we come back for the next episode of The Real Demons of Pop Culture. Right now, I'm going to reveal the magic number, and that number is 49. Thank you for hanging out with me, and I will be back in two weeks. Be sure to follow me on TikTok at James Ippolitti. I'll be back in two weeks with a brand new episode. The Real Demons of Pop Culture is a Gorilla Delphia production.